Voices. We hear them every day. Some voices, like mine, are smooth and comforting. While, on the other hand, the Chad and Cheese podcast is like listening to a Nickelback album. You'd rather stab yourself in the ears with an ice pick. Anyway, you're now listening to Voices, a podcast series from Chad and Cheese that features the most important and influential voices within the recruitment industry. Try not to fuck it up, boys. Hide Hide your kids. kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous Dangerous podcast. podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Welcome back. We're continuing the conversation with a veteran of the recruitment tech industry, Shadiq Jane, aka KJ, founder and CEO of programmatic platform Jovio. Enjoy. Let's transition real quick to mobile. Uh, I mean, that's we're talking about a mobile apply. I mean, where did Mobolt come from in the first place, number one? And how did you start to gain steam and traction? There's always a story there, right? Being a story. So when I was on my international jaunts and uh, messing around with the heads of talent acquisition, and my, my job would always be to talk beyond the business. What's going on? What are you guys doing? And uh, <laughs> I have so many interesting instances. But one thing I saw that the mobile adoption uh, worldwide was like so much faster than it is in the US uh, because there there was a generation leap happening. People never owned a phone was jumping to a smartphone. They never had a phone. They never had a landline. Like you've never seen the world. People never had a desktop and were getting a tablet right away. So they didn't really lose out in the technology innovation. They just, just leaped that one. And uh, when I was looking at numbers of uh, mobile, uh, when people are doing e-commerce on our job boards, the numbers were literally doubling every quarter. I'm not saying like 10%, 20% improvement, doubling every quarter, 1%, 2%, 4%, 8%. And I think uh, for that reason, US uh, in this case was a lot more behind knowing this massive tsunami is coming. And so you can see it as a tsunami if it's going to devour you. If you're going to see it as a very nice ride, uh, a wave that you want to ride. Uh, I saw that as a wave and I like felt like there was an opportunity. And I saw that in our business, uh, the people who has an intent to apply, about 100 of those people who have intent to apply, only maybe five were finishing the apply. I said, why is that the case? And and it is the, the messy job application form. I remember one hospital that was hiring a lot of nurses had 450 plus questions. Oh my God. (laughs) What the hell? Nurses only do mobile. How can you answer? Would you ever answer? Unless you, of course, somebody puts a gun on your head. Would you ever answer 450 questions? So, so the, the, the idea is let's create an apply process. That's These are the days of when 3G was fast. Exactly. <laughs> Super fast. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so slow. And so we asked ourselves, uh, can this be fast enough like a bolt of lightning? Like as fast as that? Can we, can we really make it in one minute, two minutes, or three minutes, or whatever that looked like? Like, can we, can we reduce it? So we thought mobile was more and Bolt was as fast and we created. And, and lo and behold, we had a, 
interesting thing right uh, that olympics happened that time mo farah uh, won the olympics marathon gold and usain bolt of course everybody knows and uh, there was a whole acronym that went as mo bolt at that point of time everybody was hitting our website so we just got so lucky that everybody was looking at us <laughs> without spending a dollar in marketing <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm curious. Uh, I I would argue that we still haven't really figured out the mobile apply process. Would you agree, disagree with that, and and why? I would agree with that uh, wholeheartedly because there's always versions of the product, right? The version one is just to replicate the apply and make it simpler on a mobile device. Uh, number two is uh, now with all that knowledge inside, how can you on a real time optimize the apply process? And and all that uh, uh, you do by ATSs have not changed, right? You still have to have a completed apply for a recruiter to actually process an application. And uh, and all those uh, quick applies don't really ever put completed applications. It's a partial application. So now the onus is back on recruiter, right? As if the the poor recruiter is not already burdened to death. Now you put more on him and say, now I'll right. give you only incomplete applications. Pick up the phone, talk to the guy, the candidate, and if the person interested, go fill out the application. Or ha- like it's just still there's a lot of dissonance. I, I I totally agree with you, Joel. I think the problem is yet to be solved in a seamless, uh, elegant, graceful fashion. And I don't think one such exists out there. And so the, the key word is elegant. Are chatbots close? Some people think that chatbots might be the answer. What are your thoughts? They could be. So there are two parts to this equation, right? One is experience and second is tech, right? Uh, if you have to integrate with every single ATS using their APIs, it's not a scalable. You can do it for one company, two companies, 10 companies, right? So there has to be a universal standard in the industry. And why should there not be, right? Where everybody can feed off that. But chatbot is from experience standpoint is awesome, right? It can make a person, you can deal with a person like you and I are talking right now instead of a one-way conversation to a blank form, which is awesome. But I think even the chatbot is not able to get the whole application process, then what good is that, right? Because it's not going to serve any purpose. And that also, therefore, begs another question, right, guys? Uh, If you can't solve this problem, you don't know the deep down data of the applicant to actually know if the applicant is the right match or not. Like on, on what basis of just a simple click, can you say that this person is going to be the highest likelihood of like being hired, right? Uh, so the problem has to be solved if you have to really connect the dots between click and hire. Gotcha. So you were the very first acquisition of what we now call the evil empire. How, how, how'd that feel? Well, I think uh, uh, it was it was a great outcome for a short journey that we were in. And uh, I, I loved working with the product and tech team at uh, Indeed. They were like really the best I've ever seen uh, working anywhere in the world. Uh, and I've interacted with a lot of tech companies, by the way. Uh, the vision uh, uh, on the product and the tech side, the, everything was as, as at Indeed perfect at that point of time. So I think it is a, Indeed it's DNA product and tech powerhouse and and they continue to you know like build upon their strengths so i would say that uh, that experience taught me a lot of stuff in terms of how to continue to stay focused on tech which is kind of where the core of mobile was and there's a lot of adaptation that you've got to do right uh, as you grow a company like a wise man once said right it's one thing to manage a company of 10 people versus managing a company of 50 people. And then when you get past 100, it's a different ball game, And you sometimes have to reinvent yourself. And I, and I went through the same process. And, and I think that's what I kind of learned at Indeed. So I feel uh, about that acquisition of Indeed as something that would have uh, this technology could be used at a scale that we could have as a company. Gotcha. So as we talked about Monster and how they really took turned from a 
tech company into a brick and mortar company. Uh, it's almost like the same feeling that we're seeing from Indeed, where they're they're more sales driven, and we're not really seeing the technical innovation from them that we are from other areas across the world, across the globe. Are you seeing the ex- the same type of thing, or are you seeing different types of innovations that maybe we're just not seeing on our side? So a lot of that innovation sometimes uh, there's two types of innovations. One that shows and one that gets built in and uh, uh, the massive team that exists out there even at LinkedIn for that matter you can argue right uh, what are these engineers doing what is that uh, army of product managers doing is they're building a lot of innovation within their product and of course they're doing new products out too uh, 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 and indeed has perhaps launched about you know like if I'm not wrong last 12 months alone about four to five that I have known of so and I think indeed is right now taking the right step of saying hey we got to be everyone, right? We got we got to really be the end-to-end solution provider. You know, at the end of the day, if you look at this industry uh, at a very philosophical level, right, and you start looking at outside, Google was the first company in the world. They owned the ad business. They owned the supply. They owned the source. They were they are the Uber source. Yeah. But what they did not do is delivery part of it, right? If you want to look at a, a product, uh, find a product, research the product, everything is on Google. But when you to buy it, Amazon came way after Google did and see what they did. They did the fulfillment and and see how valuable Amazon is. So there is a there has to be an opportunity and someone has to think like that in our industry that can I be the Amazon of this industry? The the true future of it is if you can predict what hires will happen and give that company or, or an employer the confidence that I will deliver that many hire, not just predictability, but maybe able to, you know, like um, bet on that and say, all right, I'll do business on that basis. Uh, so Chad and I talk quite a bit about Google for Jobs and, and we think that a lot of the reactionary uh, solutions or closing down of things that indeed is a direct correlation to Google for Jobs, def- basically becoming what indeed is on Google in addition to taking away Indeed, sort of uh, secret sauce of of getting organic traffic from from Google, is that your take as well? And what's sort of your overall sense of what of what Google's going to mean to the employment space going forward? I think Google for Jobs is trying to democratize uh, the visibility of jobs to everyone out there, and they of course have our own algorithm to rank and everything. So uh, in that case, yes, the visibility goes down from Indeed. But I think if I was Indeed, right, I would I would just step back and say, you know. I'm already a big brand, right? Uh, I get my own people coming to me as a destination site. Destination sites has a huge amount of entry barriers. Uh, that's destinations create real moat. Like you know, Joel, you talked about in the in the death match about the moat, and that is a moat. So it would perhaps impact, but at this stage, it would not deter. If I was indeed, it will not. It is not going to keep me up at night, is what I would say. And and Google for Jobs is great because now enterprises can claim their rightful visibility if they are Google for Jobs optimized, then they will get that traffic and everybody else will get lesser of that because that's how Google has built their algorithm actually. KJ, I was I was in the room uh, when I was actually working for Ron Sod right? Had a big group and had a, a, a contingent of Indeed executives in the room actually pitching us because obviously we were a huge account for them. One of the things that they had said was, you know, we're going to be more search optimized than you are. You can't beat us, number one. Number two, we're going to buy more ads and more keywords than you will, and we'll outbid you. So don't even try. So that being said, you're saying that they don't care about some of these things and they don't lose sleep. 
I, I can't see how that's true. I mean, from their standpoint, they were riding high because they owned organic and they had so much money coming in. They were outbidding everybody. Didn't matter how, didn't matter how big your brand was. Pepsi, we're going to outbid you for you, right? So from, from my standpoint, I understand where you're coming from. But if I was indeed personally, that would, I mean, that's a, that's a huge part of my stream that leads to revenue. No, you're, you're totally right. They can outbid. Right. Uh, of course, you're talking about a, like a, both LinkedIn and Indeed and anybody who gets to that size, right? Uh, you know, tons of billions of dollars of annual revenues can perhaps outbid anybody where the recruiting departments of even the best companies in the world is maybe double digit millions. Where it becomes very interesting is uh, if your career site is indexable by Google, then you will get the lion's share of the organic clicks. After that, it's a fair play for everybody. Like who so outbids each other, right? That's the whole marketplace that Google has from an AdWords standpoint and even Facebook for that matter. So so which is where it, things are a lot more democratized, as I say. And and I said, right, uh, having become a very solid destination, I think uh, uh, they're getting a lot of that organic directly. Uh, people don't have to go find Indeed through Google. Uh, they already know that if I need to look at a Pepsi job, I got to go to Indeed and look for a job at Pepsi. And, you know, when I ask my nephews and nieces, even in India, right, you know, <laughs> my friends who are in different countries, they say, hey, you know, uh, my kids don't go to the company's website to find a job. They actually go to Indeed. So, you know, that's the power of the brand, right? See, at the end of the day, you know, if you, if you would ask me and I'll ask you a question, why why does a job seeker have to click on 100 clicks or 200 clicks for that matter to get one job? When I go to a job board, why does no job board in the world tell me this job you have 80 percent chance of getting a high getting hired or 50 percent chance apply yeah. to this job why why does everybody want me to click on 100 jobs right because that's how that's how they're getting paid on on the click side now right it's all it's all how much action can you get on the clicks as opposed to targeting and i think i think overall we're moving toward targeting it, we're not doing it fast enough. And, and obviously, talent acquisition is not synonymous with adoption. So, you know, from my standpoint, I really, we're looking for companies like the Jovios of the world and programmatic to be able to help the targeting so that we're not clicking a hundred times as a candidate to find what we're looking for. We're being delivered the right type of job. Precisely. And we have this uh, this whole deep-rooted uh, belief and vision that it's three, two, and one. Three clicks should result into two relevant applies should result into one hire. Let's get that predictability in place. Ooh, I like that. I'll go further on 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 where I think the industry is got a dissonance. I feel that there's a noise. Back in the day, old days, right? Uh, when you used to sell as you know, when you were heading sales for most of our region. Remember when our customers will buy tuition-based postings, and we would not promise anything. But when you went for renewing the contract, they'll say, "Oh God, I spent hundred thousand dollars on you guys, but I only hired ten. At the end of the day, no matter how you sell, you are judged on hires. And right. that's that's something that has not changed. So you may think yeah. that you're orchestrating a cheaper CPC, but your if your CPH is not there, like I've, I actually believe it or not, I actually went through a client's dashboard. They spent uh, $27,000 uh, on, on one publisher, got one hire, but if they had done the CPC evaluation, they would have seen that this was maybe one of the best publishers out there, unless they had this visibility of a cost per hire. 
And that's where I'm coming from is mm-hmm. to your point, right? Which is the one job board which has remained among the top three in the world and the US since 1997. It's only one Craigslist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? I know it. <laughs> Billion dollar company with like 50 employees. I mean, they are the smartest of all of us. <laughs> Talking about Craigslist, you know, they just, they basically just launched an, a native app for Android and the iPhone. And I'm curious from your perspective, both today and, and your time at mobile, you know, Steve Jobs uh, famously once said something along the lines of uh, Google is screwed because when people want to know restaurant information, they'll go to, they'll click on their Yelp app and find out information there. They won't go to Google as much. I'm assuming you disagree with that, or maybe you, you do agree with it. Uh, and, and if so, why did it take so long for Craigslist to have an app on, on native applications and how important, what, what do you see on Jovio in terms of where applications are coming from on native versus uh, sort of web apps on mobile? I would be very uh, honest. I think that's a step in the right direction. I think, you know, uh, maybe I have a bias for Steve Jobs, but I think he was right. In your life, if you are doing something repetitively 10 times, 20 times, right, you would rather have an app for that. But if you want to do something only once or two times, right, uh, would you actually download an app? You would not, unless no. you're forced to, of course, right? right? So now, why do you go to Craigslist, right? Is it something that you're always in Craigslist looking for something to buy or something to sell or, or, yeah. or looking for a job? If you're doing that, you would want to have an app. So I personally, again, I don't have data to back, but given the number of people who get employed through Craigslist, I kind of assume that they're going on Craigslist a lot more than just one time. And and if that is the case, having an app makes the experience a lot more seamless. I would, I would, I would bet. See, uh, again, coming back to uh, the early days, I saw some data. Craigslist uh, uh, on trucking side, uh, cost per click was sometimes as bad as $5 a click, whereas everybody else was about a dollar or less. But the cost per hire was at par with the best. In fact, yeah. lesser than the, they were the best source to hire. Wow. And I kept on asking myself, why Why do these trucking companies are spending on Craigslist? What, what is wrong with them? They don't see the, like a $75 job posting in California and San Francisco. How many truck drivers are we going to get? You may be getting one application, maybe. You may not even see any application and still the money gets spent is because when you get that application, the user is not seeing hundreds of jobs. You're not being pushed hundreds of jobs. You you just stumble upon a job and you find a job and you apply to that. And and coming back to the same uh, argument that uh, uh, Craigslist's native app is going to make that experience a lot more seamless. And if they can add even functionality of notifications, right? And say, guys, there's a great job matching for you. If they can do that, they can just explore, right? $800 million in our business nowadays is nothing. They get about six to $800 million, if I'm not wrong, through the job ads, uh, or maybe I'm wrong, but I think that was the number I remember last. I think that can become double quickly. Look for more episodes of Voices, this Chad and Cheese podcast series devoted to stories and opinions of industry leaders. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. For more, visit chadcheese.com. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.